Welcome to the Not Tonight podcast, where we have bold conversations about sex in marriage. I'm Rachel. And I'm Caitlin. And we are two married women who believe that when we take the shame and secrecy out of sex, we open up the path to freedom. In each episode, we will elevate stories of women discovering their most authentic self by doing the work in their own sex lives. Join us as we hear from incredible women just like you who are discovering that the path to healing begins in the bedroom. Welcome back to the Not Tonight podcast. Today, we are talking with someone that we just love so much. Her name is Robin, and we are so happy you're here, Robin. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Oh my gosh, this is just a dream of ours to have you here, and we are so excited to hear your story, whatever you have to share with us today. So thank you for being willing and vulnerable. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm honestly so honored to be here. You have no idea. So thank you for inviting me, and I'm excited to chat. Awesome. Okay. Well, are you ready to jump jump right in? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> awesome. All right. So tell us a little about yourself, where you are in the world, and what you have going on in your life right now. Yeah. So, so we, all three of us, sort of connected a few years ago at a very at a pretty shitty time in my life, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was maybe a month or two before I it came to fruition that I was getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of pretty, you know, toxic things had gone down. There was a lot of infidelity, all of this kind of stuff. Um, so I was at like a rather low point, although I like to think that I handled it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so since that time, I've gone through the divorce. I've become a single mom. I moved away from my kid's dad, um, you know, back to our home city of Philadelphia. And now I'm just doing the damn thing with my three kids on my own. Um, you know, a good amount of time I was kind of on my own too, cause I was a military spouse, but it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely a different level of on my own. So yeah, now I'm here and I'm, you know, I'm back to working and, um, just just trying to survive just like all of us moms are just like all of us women and humans in general in this day and age let's be real so yeah oh, you are a rock star oh my gosh thank you <laughs> um so you are here talking on a podcast about marriage and you are no longer in a marriage and so we would just love to hear kind of what that process was like for you and what it looked like as you took a good hard look at your understanding of sex and how that has changed your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you don't mind, I'd love for us to go back to the beginning with you. And I'd love to hear how you learned about sex in the first place when you were young. Um, honestly, the truth is I, it's society taught me about sex in all of the uh, horrendous fucked up ways that society teaches you about sex. Um, I never, I was raised by my grandmother and whether I was raised by my grandmother or not, to be honest, like the rest of my family, no one was, was sitting me down and having the birds and the bees. Um, I'll never forget. I got my period one day, had no idea what it was. I thought I shit myself and no one wanted to explain it. And I'm like at school, it was horrible. So, um, 
so lonely. Oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like, you know, no conversation was really had. So the only things that I ever learned about sex was from friends who were learning it from similar places like TV and music and porn and you know, whatever the dude that they were talking to at the time told them was supposed to happen. And yeah, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't very healthy. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I think a lot of us can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like learning about sex on accident almost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, I think that was very common for the way that we grew up. Most people I know maybe had one short talk, if that. And otherwise, it was just figuring it out on our own, friends, media, anything. And yeah, plowing forward. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Did your grandma ever have a conversation with you about sex growing up? No. I mean, I, and I asked her too, because there was at one point where I was like, well, this is just fucking ridiculous. Nan, I'm like 13 or 14. I know what sex is and I kind of just want to make you feel uncomfortable. So are you going to lay this out for me? And she's like, um, no, if you have it figured out, I think you're okay. I'm like, all right. Wow. So there we were. <laughs> so how did that feel? Like, I can imagine like getting so much input from so many places, but not in a place that felt particularly safe. Like, how did it feel for you? Um, overall, from, you know, as a child and like first being exposed to sex in the ways that we were, all the way through kind of my transition of like a, a different point of view of sex, it felt very disempowering. That's for freaking mm -hmm. sure. You know, and I think there's such an emphasis in society in general, it, it's a hot mess, but on male pleasure, that it's like, as females, I, did, I was not even the least bit concerned about how it felt for me. I more or less felt like, well, eventually I have a job to do, so let's hope I'm good at it. <laughs> I want to just take a second to talk about this particular issue because this is one of my yes. personal sticking points is the message that women receive that their role in sex is to please their partner. It is so damaging. The long-term consequences of that belief over a women's lifetime and how it affects their relationships and so many different aspects of their life, like, oh my gosh, I, I could talk about it forever, but I just wanted to acknowledge that, like, me too, like, that it, it was so similar, and waking up from that was one of my major turning points in life. The thought that sex was for my pleasure, oh my gosh, like... Yes. Like, mind-blowing when I woke up to that. Yes. Absolutely, and that... That, that more or less pivotal moment, I think when we have that as women, um, although that's amazing and that suddenly does become empowering, oh boy, that comes with a whole extra set, like a, you open a whole extra can of worms because now you're starting to step into your truth as a woman that you are not only deserving and worthy of pleasure for yourself, but you are owed that to be honest, and I don't mean from a man, I mean from life in general, the universe as a whole, you are owed the utmost pleasure. That is what our bodies were designed for. And now you're stepping into your truth and all of a sudden you're gonna have to fight more than likely, hopefully not, but more than likely some tough battles either in your relationship or in society as a whole. If you have children, all of a sudden you're gonna start having to fight battles with 
how do I now change the trajectory and articulate the appropriate way to view sex to my children and all of these different things when they're not getting the same feedback, you know, from outside of these four walls. So it's, it's intense. Right. Right. So is it harder to live in that world where sex is a job or is it harder to live in the world where you realize it isn't? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I know it, it can definitely, there's pros and cons to both, but I think there's more pros just in the empowerment that you feel as a human and when we come we when we connect more with our true selves as a human being and and what our bodies were designed to do and you know i i also think very from a spiritual perspective as well the closer we get to our truth the better it feels and it makes it much easier to fight the good fight that's for sure you know yes Yes. So good. I want to come back to that spiritual element, but like, I want to get into your story a little more before we get to this magical transformation that I can't wait to hear about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you carry, you carried a lot of like disempowering, lonely feelings about what you knew about sex. And so here you are, little Robin in your teen years, trying to figure out what it looks like to be a strong woman. Cause I know you have always been a fireball. I know that didn't Thank just like <laughs> happen in adulthood. I am sure of How it. How can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm sure you're like doing the best you can to be independent and strong and yet getting these messages about sex being just a thing that is used in your, in your femininity. Um, and so what did it look like to walk through those teen years and then toward a marriage with those beliefs? I mean, honestly, I ended up in sort of relationship after relationship that those dynamics were very obvious. And I didn't, I didn't sort of have my awakening, so to speak, to it and the fact that I could change it until my marriage really started to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of crumble. Um, mm-hmm. As a teenager, I was in a really, really shitty, very toxic relationship with a guy. I was together with him for a while, but then like off and on at the end, because you know how those things go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more or less kind of where it started. And I was consistently guilted into having sex when I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And I was consistently made to feel like if I didn't want to have sex, that there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. There had to be something wrong with me. And I was also reminded very many times in that relationship, as well as in my marriage, unfortunately, that um, if I wasn't going to give it up, then, then another woman would. And so that puts, you know, something in the back of your mind. Well, I don't want this, but I absolutely have to do it. So... I just need to suck it up. And without being super vulgar, to put it in better terms, you're almost betraying yourself when it happens. And like, I don't want to be triggering in what I say in that way. But if you can put the pieces together, that truly is how it feels. Mm -hmm. And that, that was just a consistent kind of thing. I mean, in the beginning of relationships, it's fun. Of course, you're, you're more or less bringing your best self to the relationship in the beginning or your perceived mm. best self. <laughs> Don't mm. get me started. So you're Important distinction there. Willing. Important distinction there. <laughs> yes, for sure. But you're more or less like more willing to be open and exploratory or, you know, your sex drive is up because this is new. This is exciting. All of the chemicals in your brain are doing the things that the chemicals are supposed to do and all of that. 
Um, so of course, sex in the beginning might seem like okay, and then you get into the relationship and you start getting treated in a way that isn't what you, how you should be treated, and expectations societal expectations that are put on men and women in relationships start to create this sense of ownership and different things like that mm-hmm. and it just kind of goes down from hill downhill from there so quick if you as a woman or as a man don't know what you truly want in a sexual space and how the fuck are we supposed to know that if we were never taught what the possibilities are that's for sure you know <laughs> oh my gosh okay robin can you go back to that concept of ownership for a minute like yes so i'm really curious like if you felt like the relationship or i, I think this is a societal this is just kind of how things go is things feel really exciting and it doesn't feel like that sense of ownership from the beginning and then over time that starts setting in like what do you think happens why do you think that sets in do you think it's always there do you think it just pops up like what is that i think um it's a level of comfortability i'm using like air quotes there comfortability it's a level of complacency it's a level of uh, sort of taking advantage of the situation and i'm trying to think of the right word like not taking advantage um What's the word I'm looking for? Like not not really stepping in your gratitude about the relationship that you're in. Taking advantage of the fact that you know that this person's always going to be there. You know, that kind of thing. So I think that's a piece of it. And then I think culture and religion and things like that play a big factor into that. Because even if you're not a religious person, unfortunately, certain religions and certain concepts from religions that are, in my opinion, man-made, but, you know, that's a whole nother podcast, right? <laughs> um, you know, they they kind of get ingrained into what's your, what you're seeing in the TV and what you're being taught in school and, you know, all of those things. So it's there's a lot of different pieces that come with that that more or less create this sense of ownership in mm-hmm. a relationship as it goes on. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I think you're right. I think there's just so many components that lead to that thought, to that belief. Um, yeah. And I wonder how much of it too is just what we've been told about just masculinity and femininity in general, even yes. outside of marriage, just men and women and how their brains work or <laughs> like, right. I, I get really like angsty about that one. Um, but yeah, like, you know, what men are owed, what women are owed, like, yeah. For me, part of the messaging that always comes through in that societal message is what a good woman is, what a good wife is, yes. is that we right. we serve and we honor and we, um, you know, this is your job, job, again, some air quotes, um, to please your husband sexually. This is our role. So, like, all of that messaging integrated is just damaging. <laughs> just to briefly, without getting too much on my soapbox... Soapbox away, Robin. <laughs> right? <laughs> Society as a whole, our, our governments, our, you know, our religious structures sometimes, they, they want to pull us apart in our relationships, right? And so we're, we're, right now we're talking about, you know, man and woman, heterosexual marriage, right? Mm-hmm. In that specific frame of mind, and even mother-child, father-child, all of those dynamics society wants to pull us apart because they have it has better strength of controlling us okay and so when we're being ripped apart in that way we for they want us to forget that 
Um, they're saying that the role is a man is to protect and we are to serve, like you were just saying, Caitlin. But there's so much more to that. Men also need to protect our hearts and protect, you know, not just the four walls of our home and different things like that. And when that dynamic is in harmony, when the feminine and the masculine energy is in harmony, there is a little bit, and I, I hate to even use the word servitude because that's not like legit, but there is a certain level of nurturing and caring and certain things that we naturally, biologically fall into as women when that energy is harmonious. Does that make sense? And that yes. makes it a lot easier for us to lay down in that bed or do it in the car or wherever the heck because the, that, that energy is actually in harmony the way it's supposed to. But they're pulling us apart like opposite ends of the magnet and it creates tension, you know? Right. Yes. I totally believe that like the more you talk about the differences – the more wonky it's going to be when you try and put them back together again. Right. Yeah. I pers- I'd love to take a second here and ask you, um, cause you mentioned the masculine and feminine energy. Um, do you want to, for anybody that's kind of, I, I think people know, Oh, masculine energy, feminine energy, they get that. But do you want to talk a little bit more about what you mean when you say that and how that impacts us and our sexuality? In, in a more grand picture, I'm coming from a very like spiritual perspective and, and my perspective, like I believe in God, I believe in source creator, the universe, all of those things. I'm not religious. I believe in the energetics of everything. We are energy in form. That's just how it works. And our entire universe, there's a yin and a yang to it. And that's why I was saying like, it doesn't matter the dynamic of your relationship um, you know, male, female, whatever, there is masculine and feminine energy that exi- that exists in everything in the world. And when it's even keel, it's all harmonious and it works together, you know? And that happens in romantic relationships as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's so much gray area in it. For example, you know, there's one day that I might be giving 30% in one area and then you know, my partner may be giving 70%, but there's a harmony to it. The next day it might be 50-50. There's a harmony to it as long as there's communication and different things like that. So that right. that's so, really how I perceive a lot of it. Yeah. So are you saying that like each of us, like I possess masculine and feminine energy? Yes. And because it's been so dysregulated for so long mm-hmm. and because we live in a very patriarchal society, um, the, honestly, they, they, uh, the patriarchy or whatever you want to call it, because although I consider myself a, a bit of a feminist, there's also a lot of me that has a lot of traditional views with things because of that energetic harmony that I believe in, in a way. And, but the patriarchy really just like stuck their foot in their mouth and like, you know, are biting their own ass because now the world's a shit show and it's all because they wanted to be on top is really what it is, you know? Um, but there's a feminine and an, a masculine energy with it, you know, inside of us as well. Mm-hmm. And when we start to paint a picture of how a man is supposed to be X, Y, Z and, and, and a female, and when we take us away from our roots, all of a sudden as women, we're operating way more off of our masculine energy. 
and we're trying mm -hmm. to take control and we're not allowing our, you know, surrender in our lives and, and accepting things as they come. And, you know, mm -hmm. with men, it's, you know, it's, it just gets all fuzzled, but we have that within ourselves as well. Oh gosh. I love this, Robin. I just like, I want to like paint a flow chart in my mind of this concept right. of like, like yes. the masculine feminine balance. And then when it's misbalanced and the masculine is trying to take control, then how do we respond as women? We have to meet them in a masculine way, but they're also asking us to only be feminine. Like it's just, right. Like it's so messy. Like, why can't we all have that masculine and feminine energy in the balance that we are uniquely created in? Right. Absolutely. Yes, I wanted to add here as well, because I feel like a lot of people hear the term the patriarchy and they're like anti-men. And it's like, no, like Not the patriarchy all. is just as damaging to men as it is to women. Because like you said, it's yes. about that imbalance. We each, all of us, men and women, hold both of these energies and we all have this place where we're in alignment with it. But we have gotten so disconnected from that inside of ourselves, because of our culture has told us that we need to act and do a certain way. Oh my gosh, the more that I learn about it and the more that I understand it, the more I realize how much it plays into every element of our lives and what, and then the world and how, like you said, the world obviously going through a lot of stuff right now, like things are not great. <laughs> But yes. I and I, I also I agree. I believe that that imbalance in that is one of the main causes. It is in restoring that and having these important conversations. It's such important work to do as we work towards healing ourselves, healing the world, all of it. Like so I'm so I love that you're doing this work, Robin. It's amazing. Thank you so much. And you're so right. And it not it so profound? Like when you're when you're ready to start sort of understanding this stuff mm -hmm. and you start learning about it and you're like, that makes so much fucking sense, <laughs> you right. know? And like the world just kind of like, you know, the world is a mess, but you're like, but we can fix this, guys, you know? <laughs> like, yes. So Robin, okay. Like I want to know, like when was that moment when you realized like, something wasn't right or like something was missing. Like when did you start on this journey of like recognizing that masculine feminine energy you're talking about? So while I was married, like I like to think myself and personally IMO, everyone is on a spiritual journey, whether they are conscious of it or not. That's just my own opinion. But in, in my life, I feel like I've always been on a spiritual journey. I was just unconscious of it. And I started mm -hmm. to become conscious of it when I was in my marriage, I would say about like three years into my marriage, I didn't realize how fucking miserable I was at the time. No clue. I thought relationships are hard and this is just my hard and I have to better myself and work through it and it's going to be okay and I need to stick by my man. I need to show him what love is, blah, blah, blah. Well, I started realizing, no, I think you're actually just a little bit fucking miserable and there might be some reasons for it, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I started to kind of like open up to that. And as it, it's, it was all divine. As I started realizing that, I found out that there was a lot of infidelity going on. Mm. And at the time I was told, and if anybody is listening to this that has experienced infidelity, has ever been cheated on, 
what I'm about to say is not fucking true. However, mm. I was told at the time that I got cheated on because the sex wasn't good and I wasn't giving it up the way I was supposed to. Oof. And unfortunately, he found it elsewhere. And eventually that conversation turned into, okay, yeah, I guess that's not totally true. Like, I guess it might be kind of on me. But the underlying premise was, yeah, the sex sucks. And um, I just knew I had to go somewhere else to get it. Um, so at that time, I attempted to, not attempted, I did a lot of fucking healing on my own. So when I say attempted, I attempted to support my partner at the time to heal through that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and make this work. And I know, you know, I heard so many times that couples can really create a brand new foundation to their relationship. And I thought, I, I convinced myself, not really convinced, but I held out hope that this could be the turning point, the pivotal moment in our relationship that he could figure his shit out. I could figure my shit out, figure out what's going, what's really wrong here, the root issues, and we could create a better relationship than we even had before. And that was the mindset that I went into it with. Not at first, mind you. It, it took a little bit. It took lots of tears, lots of really thinking about it. But once I got to that, it was like, okay, if I make that decision, I have to put the work in. Mm -hmm. So what is the work? And so I just, I kind of just started looking into like, all right, this is how I'm feeling sexually. Is this normal? Is this not normal? What do I like when it comes to sex? What is it about my partner that I like or dislike and different things like that? I started to realize that it was a little bit less about the physical act of sex and much more deeply rooted, especially when he ended up having an affair again. <laughs> but at that point, I was like, all right, man, this is it. I am about to create a brand new life for myself. And let me tell you, I will never fake a fucking orgasm again. That is it. It was done no and over with. And mm -hmm. I sort of stepped into that. And I've been exploring what that's supposed to look like ever since. <laughs> Thank you for trusting us with that. I just, of course. What a journey you've been on. Would you mind elaborating on what that journey has been like for you? Okay, so once I I started looking into, um, you know, different resources to help me explore, like, my own sexuality and things like that. And when I say sexuality, like, I'm a straight woman. I know that I'm only attracted to men, so I don't necessarily mean sort of in that way, but all of the expansive parts of that. Um, and I knew I knew that sex was also sacred to me. And it wasn't something necessarily that I just wanted to like run off and do willy nilly. I wanted to make sure that a safe space was created for me because that was also one of the revelations that I had in my journey was I didn't want to have sex because it was it was a very unsafe place for me to be. I didn't realize how unsafe my marriage was. It was incredibly toxic. It was incredibly detrimental to my mental health. Sex was very painful for me all the time. And I, again, I was convinced there's something wrong with me. Um, let me tell you what, I haven't experienced pain in sex since I became sexually active again at all whatsoever. Mm, and it was, I, it was like mind blowing when I was like, the first time I went to go have sex, this is, I mean, it's not TMI, right? This is, this is what your not podcast here. is all about. <laughs> no, so, such thing. Right? 
<laughs> so I, I had had my son in the process of my divorce. So I'm postpartum. Granted, I was, you know, about a, a year or so postpartum. But even so, like, you're still kind of scared because you're like, things are different. I was stitched up. This is weird. I don't know mm -hmm. how this is going to go. Plus, I knew that I had a pattern of pain during sex, even in other relationships. When I tell you the first time I had sex, like when I became sexually active again and it didn't hurt and I actually like felt good about it, I was like, holy crap, this is like life changing. You know what I mean? Like it was such an awesome experience and it really nailed into the coffin for me that I was just in such an unhealthy mental space that my vagina grew barbed wire mm. and I didn't know why and I thought it was my fault. It's not my fucking fault. It's not your fault. It's not any woman on this earth's fault. If your vagina wants to clamp onto any penis that enters it, okay? There's something else happening and it's usually mental. <laughs> mm, yes. I don't even remember the question that you asked because I was so excited about that revelation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Could you talk to us a little more about how your marriage felt unsafe? Um, I was I was spoken to in a very shitty way. Um, anything that I ever wanted, whether it's help around the house, whether it's going to do an activity, whether it's having a conversation, whether it's watching a movie, like whatever it was that I asked for, I got so much attitude, so much like backlash about. I was always made out to be like I was too much. I was too extra. I was asking too much constantly. Um, physically, you know, and, and I know like everybody has their own more or less kinks, right? And everybody's like into their own shit. But, you know, for example, and this is one thing that has always really made me uncomfortable. And I've had some, some traumas in my life that make it a little bit more uncomfortable than the average woman that hasn't experienced traumas maybe. But if we're in the car, like I just get a hand on my vagina, like my vagina is just getting grabbed. And I'm like, Ew, that does not make me want to have sex with you at all whatsoever. It was little things like that. And, not, and they're, they're not little things. They're actually really big things. Um, you know, my boobs would be grabbed. Like, uh, you know, and th there's there might be places in time and moments and relationship dynamics where that would have been more accepted um, by myself or in anybody else in a relationship. But at the time, it wasn't for me. And... I was being treated poorly, not realizing what was going on behind the scenes for a really long time, too. And, you know, I entered into this marriage. We both did for the wrong reasons. And that's the truth. Like, I, I cared for him immensely. Like, we, we, there was a point where we cared for each other. But we ended up in the marriage for reasons that we shouldn't have been even married. And so we kind of, like, started off with not the appropriate dynamics. But that safety was never created for me. And when I would tell him like, oh, this doesn't feel good. This does feel good. This actually really fucking hurts. Can you stop? There was something wrong with me because mm -hmm. it hurt. There was something wrong with me because I didn't like X, Y, Z. Um, and like I said, certain things hurt more at the time because of the way I was being treated. Now there's some things that I find that I actually enjoy. It's just the difference of the safety that's created and yes. the emphasis of my pleasure that is being put in my life, that is being demanded by me in my life now. There are boundaries that exist in my sexuality that help to create that safety. 
You know, like that safety, believe it or not, it has to do a lot with the other person, but it starts with you. And it starts with understanding what you want, what you like, what you don't like, and what you will and just won't fucking stand for in your life, period. And once those boundaries are upheld and respected, let me tell you, your freak flag will fly, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Context is everything, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Let me ask you this. What was the difference that you felt internally in this new relationship where you were open to the receiving where sex didn't hurt anymore, where you were enjoying it? Like what can you identify? You said boundaries, which I love because yes, boundaries for all the things, but what was it? internally happening for you that really made that difference? That's hard to say, I think, because I'm still exploring that and I'm still trying to find the words to articulate that for myself too. Mm -hmm. Um, Internally, I think it's really just knowing my worth as a woman Mm -hmm. and knowing that I am uniquely authentically, unapologetically me. And there can and will be a line of men interested and willing to meet my needs where they're at. You know what I mean? Like we are all so different. We are like biologically the same. We're all one. We're all one human race, but we are so different in how we explore everything in life, including sexually And there's a lid for every pot, you know? And I think I stopped considering myself weird or like, not even weird. Like I'm like, I'm not into anything crazy. I don't even know half the shit that I'm into yet because I haven't even got there. But, you know, I, I started recognizing that like a piece of the dynamic in my marriage and in a lot of my other relationships, there was a claim there that they wanted to please me. Not only did they want me to orgasm, which... Um, parentheses, orgasm is not the end all be all of sex. Can we like throw that in the fucking trash? Yes. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Um, but you know, there was the, this fake notion that like they wanted to please me and they wanted to make me feel good. The reality was it was on their terms. Mm -hmm. They wanted to please me how they wanted to please me. Mm -hmm. And now I just won't accept anything like that anymore. And that's what makes the difference. That's what makes me feel more like a sexual being. And I'm not totally there. Like I'm not completely, I don't know, that that hasn't sort of completely like integrated into my life yet. I'm still really exploring all of that. And I'm still very much in the beginning stages of it, I think. Um, but I think that's kind of the the premise of it is like, internally, I know my fucking worth and I know, I know I'm a good time. (laughs) (laughs) You are because you're you. Yeah. That's what makes someone a good time is they're themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like, that is the beauty of growing in intimacy is the ability to be more and more our authentic selves in that most vulnerable place. That is the perfect way to put it. Like, and and that's for anything in life. When you step into your truth, when you step into your authenticity, you experience so much more pleasure and so much more joy. And even when the world is crumbling apart around you, you're able to feel this, this inner peace, this joy, this 
all of these things because you are you are authentically yourself. But unfortunately, sometimes it takes situations and relationships that that force us to learn what right. our own truth is. Yes, yes. Totally. It's not just a walk in the park, like learning what we learned to do. Like it takes the work. It takes work. a lot of crumbling and just pain. You know? Yes, and absolutely. I am so grateful to hear so much pain in your life has brought to so much beauty and authenticity and pleasure. Like, yes. Amazing. Thank you so much. Amazing. So I would love to hear, Robin, um, what you would now tell your young self about sex, about who you are sexually, about what you deserve Like, what does that little Robin need to hear? What do your girls need to hear someday? (laughs) They need to hear that we as human beings are innately sexual beings. Mm -hmm. We are innately sexual beings. We have been given the gift of some of the most, of, of the ability to have some of the most intense physical pleasure, psychological pleasure, from stepping into our sexuality. And as long as you are able to have a safe space, the sky is the fucking limit for that. But I think that is that is the number one thing that I could say to myself that would make the biggest impact. And if and the number one thing that I will teach my kids, there is no fucking shame in it. Fuck the guilt. We have enough of that going around. You are a sexual being explore that in any way you want to in a safe environment there you go love that love it so much i think all the time about how we can address this differently for the next generation and how you just put that like oh i love it the shame the elimination of the sexual shame it's 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 so yes. prevalent it's so ridiculous cuz we're all having sex right like what this right. is what our physical human bodies were built to do and yet there's mass mass amounts of shame that you know if take people years if not a lifetime to get through um, yes. So I love, I love that message to yourself and your daughters. And then one other thing, like, what do you want to tell even yourself now about marriage? Woo, girl! Ooh, <laughs> I, ooh, that's that's a tough one. Um, <sighs> that's hard because I'm I, like I'm still navigating that a little bit too. I think there's a piece of me that sees the the idea of marriage and the legality of it and things like that as a man-made construct that um that that really can hold people back sometimes and then there's another part of me that sees two people coming together in a commitment as a beautiful wonderful thing and I think, you know, when we think of the word marriage, we think of the piece of paper and, and you know, somebody up there blessing the marriage and whether it's in a religious way or, you know, a completely agnostic way, um, you know, it's, I, I think it can look differently for everybody. And I think, I think no matter what, 
a commitment to someone is the most beautiful thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think if two people come together and commit to each other and really want to grow and expand, it can be some of the most revolutionary shit that can exist and it can change the fucking world. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing your process with us. And of course. Like not feeling like you have to have it all figured out here because none of us do. Like we may be right. hosting this. Sure this don't. is just as much for me as it is for you. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> oh yes. my gosh. Yes. I think just the one thing that I want to say is that I've always adored about you is your authenticity. And Mm. I just want to reiterate, like, like you said before, the importance of that in the sexual journey and our entire life journey. Um, It's a concept that I only became familiar with a few years ago myself. And since I've started following that path of what my authenticity is what my inner truth is that's something i didn't even really think about for a good portion of my life um yes but insects and the rest of our lives it is oh it's so important so i love the way you talked about that and something that inspires me about you is when we're our authentic self that gives permission to others to be their authentic self. So thank you for being so incredibly authentic because it has inspired me to step into my authenticity. And uh, so much power is there when we as people, especially women, though, step into their yes. authentic truth. I, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for all of us, but I can't see what to, I can't wait to see what the future holds for authentic Robin. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. You literally have like tears in my eyes right now. That means the absolute world to hear because the the honest to God truth is being your authentic self can be so fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And being vulnerable can be so fucking scary. And being willing to take whatever fucking comes at you, that courage comes with the authenticity. I, th- I think yes. that is important to mention to people that have that fear you, the courage comes before any, or the action comes before the courage. The courage comes with the authenticity. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and it really is such a beautiful awakening experience. And I think I want to sort of leave you with this because this is something that, um, has kind of clicked for me over time. And when I talk about like spiritual journey and all of the energy and all the woo woo shit that might really turn people off, whether they're religious or not, um, when I talk about God and source and all that stuff, I think it comes down to in like a totally like neutral wording, it's a self-awareness journey. Mm. And the more self-aware we are, the more we connect with who we are authentically. And the more we're able to share that and share that vulnerability and create that courage within ourselves to do that. Um, And I think the more self-aware we are, the more willing we are to grow, the better life gets. And I'm just so grateful for your words there because even, you know, there are days that I, I, 
you know, do feel down or, you know, about myself in pieces or that I am afraid to share certain things like on social media or with other people. And it is very scary, but I do it fucking anyway. I hit the fuck it button almost every, multiple times (laughs) every day of my life. So you just gotta. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Love it so much. Oh my gosh. Such a gift, Robin. You are a gift. You are a gift. Thank you. As are you, ladies. You really are. And I'm so honored to be here. So honored. Oh, my goodness. So, Robin, how can people connect with you online if people want to get in touch or if they have a similar story and want to pick your brain? Um, Instagram would be the rest, the best way at Robin Ellen, R O B I N E L L E N. That's not my actual last name. People always think that that's my middle name. (laughs) Um, but please feel free to reach out to me because one of the reasons that I have in the past shared as much as I have on social media is because the people that slide in my DMs telling me that my story has made an impact on them, the people that have slid in my DMs sharing their story with me that I can relate to, or even maybe not, but just the fact that they're willing to share their story with me. I love connecting with human beings and soul to soul and really just getting in there. So please reach out. Like I've made so, so many incredible friends. I mean, obviously here we are like, what, you know, we would have never known each other if it weren't for Instagram and, and how things kind of unfolded. So, um, yeah. Yes, I I recommend to everybody to follow Robin Ellen. She's one of the best things on Instagram. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I've I've taken a little bit of a step back, but you can probably tell that I'm like, you know, I'm coming back. I took a little break. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us today, Robin. You are amazing. Thank Thank you. you so much. So are you ladies. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Not Tonight podcast. If today's story resonated with you, we invite you to continue the conversation by joining our free online community. Go to nottonight.org community to connect with other women just like you. We also greatly appreciate your support by subscribing to future episodes and please leave our podcast a five-star review. Until next time, keep doing the work in your sex life, whatever that looks like for you.